Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan. I'm Scott Cassidy. I'll be your host. And today we're going to deep dive further into the idea that reps are missing quota at an alarming rate. Why is that? We're going to continue looking at ways to potentially solve this issue for you out there that sell for a living. Today, I'm going to bring back Mark Lampson, our president, our CEO, Tom Stanfill, and Tab Norris, one of our co-founders, to continue the dialogue. Enjoy the podcast, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan. You like that little S in the front? I really like, did. See what I, I did like, there? I feel like you I had a little bit different it. introduction yeah. this time. I think yeah. you forced it. It was I, forced. I, yeah. I, well, I'm just trying to you know fit in with you guys. I mean, you're, you're a tough crowd. Tough crowd. That is true. So, um, Wicked Smart Radio. Wicked Smart Radio. We're, we're making sales reps wicked smart here. Um, so here's what we're going to do. We're First of all, we're going to start with the beer again. We're yeah, going to keep our yeah. priorities in yep, order. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then just Why to I keep coming it. back? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, why don't we start in a different order this time? Does that make sense? Yeah. Whoa, no, I don't get whoa, to go first this whoa, time? Well, I was going to say since whoa. I always go last, that I'll we, go first. Last, I'll go first. And, you know, I just want to get a plug in for a, a, a fine New England institution. Ah, in honor of my patriots, mm, yeah. I'm going to have uh, a Sam Winter today. Mm. I like the spicy, Mm. yeah, it it sort of warms the cockles of my heart. Cockles? Yeah, it does. Is that a Sam Adams? It's a Sam Adams winter lager. Yeah, I'm very, very tasty. Very happy with it. Yeah, Mm. that's a good podcast on him uh, from how he made, how he built this, how he built it, the story of Sam Adams. Really? Really? And of course, he's one of the original patriots. Of course. Of course. So it it, it fits. Do you like that? Okay, good. Yeah. Sure. How about you, Tom? What are you having today? What is uh, it? I am going with a Smittix, and mm. really for one reason only, because I think I sound cool when I say it that way. And you say it the right yeah, way. I know how to you say Smittix. You don't say Smith I don't say Smith Wicks. Like, like Smith Smittix. It's uh, the first beer I ever had in Ireland when I finally got to go to Europe so about, I guess, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, and uh, I was, wasn't ready for Guinness. So this is like their Irish. This is Guinness's version of a lager, maybe. Red ale, love it, Smith. So it kind of reminds me of uh, being in Ireland. Excellent. Yeah, that's good. Very good, Mark. What do you have? Uh, your influence on me from uh, last week. Uh, I cannot. Uh, no offense to uh, Bud Light, but I can't drink Bud Light. But uh, I can, however, drink a Budweiser or two or more. Uh, it's a it's a it's a starter beer for me from way back. My dad drank it. It is the king of beers, and uh, I'm just going with something simple. Excellent. That and I looks... notice you have a long neck there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the famous Budweiser beer. We know of no other brand produced, which costs much to brew and age. Our exclusive beach and aging process produces a taste and drinkability found by no other beer at any other price. What is <laughs> happening? That's <laughs> <laughs> me. have lost what? control. <laughs> what just happened? Well, that's the latest. Was, was, that, a, was <laughs> that a rap song? No. No. That was that he must have my, been uh, my fraternity. My, my, my I, pledge I card signature for Lauren Brown had to do the Budweiser beer. God, he was forced Sorry, to memorize the label. That's well, awesome. and see, that's coming handy in real life. You see, here we are doing a podcast, and it's thanks, LB. You're a beer it. man. Thank you. Thanks, LB. Um, and my, I'm going with a Scawflaw, which is, is an Atlanta brew, oh, and you know, I'm, 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 I think I'm kind of pinning myself down. It's another strong IPA. Mm-hmm. It's called Basement IPA. That's my it's, favorite. It's fabulous. Great artwork on this can too. Mm. That's great. All right. Great so, choices. well, cheers. Let's have. Let's cheers. Have a that's cheers. right. That's right. All right. 
All right. Cheers. Let's get Cheers. started with, uh, if, as you guys remember, a week ago, we really started to get into um, some deep topics around why reps are missing quota and how uh, there are solutions that exist out there and, and, and sort of reframing the way they think about selling, changing their role a little bit um, was really uh, an important. But there is so much more to talk about, Tom, and I want to... Uh, I want to bring you in to uh, to sort of talk about maybe a couple more things we should have in mind when it comes to this topic. Yeah, so I do think, like you said, it was a we covered some meaty topics last week as we um, think about answering the question: Why are reps more reps than ever missing their quota? And this is the fifth year in the row that the percentage of reps are hitting their quota are declining. And so, last week we talked about why is that. And so, you know, for those of you who weren't, weren't joined, which I can't believe you, you weren't with us last week, but if you didn't, you didn't hear our last uh, we, our podcast last week. We talked about information. Which you know what, Tom, they can go back and listen to. Oh, it. that's true. It's like permanently saved on the They could go back interweb. and listen to it, or you could yeah. just love for you to do that. But. Yeah. Um, we talked about information. There's an overwhelming amount of information, which is causing the receptivity of the decision maker right to to drop. Right, right. There, there's so much information. I, the, the availability of information means I don't need a sales rep. There's so much information that makes it more difficult for my for my um, my message to get through. So we we talked about um, how do we do that. So one of the solutions. Um, that we we mentioned last week was the role of the rep. That's so we right. talked about the rep needs to shift from being a representative of their of their of their product or service or solution to being a trusted guide. How do we help the customer solve their problems? So that's where we start. And the key to that is is knowledge. So so if you want to learn more about what we talked about there, please listen to the podcast from last week. The other thing um, that I think reps are missing as we look at what needs to change is the mess is, is not the message I'm sorry is the mindset yeah. is is changing their mindset because there is a lot as, as Mark said last week that you know the market's changed but not necessarily a lot of reps have changed so there there needs to be we need to develop a new mindset to deal with with the new reality so so Mark was going to talk about that so why don't you dive into that Mark yeah mindset uh, and we, we use this term receptivity regularly it's about whether people are emotionally open or emotionally closed and they're just unreceptive to your message and given some of the things that we're seeing in the market most people are closed either the door is closed or the or the subject is closed uh, so in the mindset in that conversation is if we try to go sell them they're going to stay closed and not going to listen to what we have to say so that shift involves really inspecting two key questions. There's really two things going on in any kind of conversation. And if you're trying to have an influential conversation, whether it be with a potential customer, whether it be with a colleague, whether it be with your your 15-year-old son, for example, uh, there's two questions. Does the person feel pressure? And does the other person feel like they're the priority? Because when a customer uh, is talking to a salesperson, it usually becomes pretty clear that the the rep is focused on or has commission breath. Yeah. If I smell commission right. breath before. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I have mints for that. <laughs> <laughs> Aslan mints for that. Yeah. And so when the customer feels like you know uh, that the sales rep doesn't have their best interest at heart, they know that they're not going to give the right answer. They're going to be unreceptive to answering the questions about what's your budget and what are you considering. They're just going to be closed. And so uh, if the customer feels like they're not the priority and it's the rep, then then that's a problem and it, it hurts the ability to influence or get them receptive. The other the other thing is pressure. No one likes pressure. No one likes to be told what to do, right? <laughs> Lee, my 15-year-old son, love him to death. Put those in the dishwasher. 
right? <laughs> sure, Dad. I appreciate you reminding me. I'd be happy to. It's no problem at all. No. He's like, Thank you, me. Father. I'm going to. I, I had to go over and get water first or something, right? So when – now, we don't tell customers what to do, but we do introduce pressure into the conversation uh, just by telling them things. We don't do the little things that, that remove pressure from the conversation. So, so mindset, Tom, to answer your question is about – Pressure and priority. Make sure the customer knows they're the priority. Make sure they don't feel pressure. And uh, Tab, you do this this really well. They're, 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 you know, we, we talk about making them the priority by being other centered. Yeah. And and we talk about removing the pressure by this idea of drop the rope. I've seen you do that a, a thousand uh, times. Yeah. And it's so powerful. And I know we've talked about this before that this is one of the most powerful things in our program. What we talk about and and it's the ability to release this pressure and be focused on them. A great example of this takes us back to the old Aslan days. Remember mm-hmm. when the, in, the, in the basement days, mm-hmm. 23, probably, I guess it was 22 years ago, uh, 20, 22 years ago, yeah. um, one of our first big clients was FedEx. And, and we were trying to move this forward and you know, try to we fought get for a meeting. There. Fought for a meeting. Just get a meeting. And we mm-hmm. got a meeting. And, and then fought for, let us come in. Found out the guy was going to need to deliver some training. Said, mm-hmm. hey, how about we do it free for you? We'll do a little right. pilot. We'll take that off your plate. Great. Get in there. And so we do it. Goes really well. The, you know, the Paul, he ends up saying, you know, this was great. This was great. But, you know, we have we have a free program that FedEx offers us to train these people. Um, why should I buy your program? And I remember we said, hey, I don't know. You may, Maybe you shouldn't. I mean, seriously, if, if that program that's offered by FedEx, you know, is, it really addresses all of the unique challenges that your inside sales team has, mm-hmm. I would go with a free program. Seriously. Yeah. And really, I'm really believing that. And, and do you think that had impact? Do, do you see that? That's counterintuitive. That yeah. is different. That well, is a different mindset. Yeah, you could see his body language <clears throat> yes. change. Yeah, because he, he expected us, he expected us to sell to, to put pressure. And the thing is, is when you when you d- drop the rope with with you know we're talking about meeting with Paul, the head of the, the inside sales back in the day uh, with FedEx. When you talk to you talk about dropping the rope with them and saying, hey. If you can get a free program, right, that's that will meet the needs of yourself, you should do that. We're already giving him permission to do what he's going to do anyway, exactly. right? But when there's tension, the focus is on the tension, not the truth. And so we release the tension by saying, look, hey, I, I, well, we I don't, don't know. know if our program is best for you. We really don't because we've just now got a meeting with you. We've done a little bit of pilot mm-hmm. program. We haven't had a chance to meet with you. Our goal is to understand, can we help you? And right, and by saying we're not sure, guess what happens? He goes, "Well, let's talk." Yeah, he's right? receptive. Mm-hmm. And 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 you think about, and this is where I think salespeople can relate to this. We were a hundred percent commission. We needed this deal. This wasn't like, oh, oh, oh we got twelve point. or fifteen big <laughs> FedExes point, around, yeah. and we're in the basement, and we really don't. We're kind of figuring out what we're yeah. doing. You talk about pressure. It's hard to drop the rope. So you want to pull the rope. You want to go, yes, you need to buy a rope. Here's the seven reasons. And when we talk about fighting to get the meeting, well, what we meant by what we were talking about is we we had to work hard to get in touch with the people and make a lot of phone calls to get the meeting. When we get the meeting, though, you're right. You're like, you want to go, I have to sell you. (laughs) Right. Right. We have to get it. We can't blow this. We can't blow that. And that's where our intuition sabotages our ability to be successful because really the more we relax, the more we create 
because like like we talked about last week, Mark, the, 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 the principle is when they're emotionally closed, the more you try to swell, the more you try to sell, the more closed they become. So by dropping the rope and, cre- and releasing the tension, they become open, and now you can communicate some yep. the truth. Yep. If you, they're not open, it doesn't matter what you say. And the more you pull the rope, the more closed they become. And I did a bad job. I just dropped dropped the rope in there. I should connect it back to where it comes from, you know, the principle of tug of war. And yes. that's really what is happening. And and what's a tug of war is, is if I give you a rope... And, I pull tab. What do you do? I pull back. Yeah, we're in a tug of war, and that's what that's what we do with customers. We don't mm. even realize it. You know, we start to yeah. create that tension. And so yeah. the only way to get you're never going to win a tug of war, even if you argue with someone and you win the argument, you're never going to win yeah. a tug of war with a customer. So you just need to, to drop the rope. And yeah. and you know, with Paul and I wasn't there. That was before my time. But you use the word impact. You know, the principle is that predictability determines impact. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when Paul says, "Well, we're just going to use the free program." What does he predict or what does he expect is going to happen? <laughs> right. He expects a big sales pitch. Yeah. Here's the 18 reasons why you should do this. And right. that's bad. And it's not. But when he and, and and when he gets that, here's the point. It's, drop the rope is not the, the sales magic to get them to buy from you. It's to get them to listen to you. Mm-hmm. And that's, where, and oh, that's, that's why cute. people are missing quota. Because the customers aren't listening. They don't want to listen. They're fighting. And so we just say... I just want you to listen to me. If you want to use the free program, you should, and maybe ours isn't even relevant. He stops and he says, mm. I want to hear more, yeah. and now you're having a conversation. And that's mindset. Yeah, I, I, I read a, uh, my mother-in-law gave me a book called Compelling People, and I highly recommend it if you want to pick it up. But basically the, the, the point of the book is that people that are influential or compelling are warm and strong. Mm. And so if you're interested in that topic, which I, I, I find it was a very helpful book, but one of the things it highlighted was some research, and they studied the brain of people when they enter into a debate and so they picked the hottest debate topic which was politics and so they wired I don't know how they did this but they wired up people's brain and they could see the, the parts of the brain that light up so they would they would start to debate you know like a Republican was meeting with a talking to a Democrat or they would bring up their person and then they would show something negative about them but it was basically they would recreate a debate or you know an argument mm-hmm. and when they when they would watch somebody enter into an argument or a debate or they brought information that was they were emotionally close to, the logical side of the brain shut down and the emotional side of the brain lit up. Wow. Yeah. So it basically yeah. says when, when people are emotional, yeah. right, the, the, the logical part shows, shuts down. So the more we try to get our message through, the more the brain, the emotional side of the brain just lights up and defends their position. And that's the whole purpose of Drop the Rope is is not like you said mark not to sell anything but it's to create receptivity to eventually tell paul at fedex here's why we think your program may may be right but going back to the point you made before there's another side of this priority right i have to also be willing to step in and say um you know what they do offer a great program for inside sales and it's as, it's as effective as our program, so and it's free, and ours is is you know more expensive than free. You should do that, right? And you have now, to be okay with that. You got to be okay with that because mm-hmm. they a customer doesn't think that you're going to honestly represent them, which is right. why. And I might. think when you do that, the receptivity is obviously open, but mm-hmm. you're creating this curiosity, like what are these guys up to? Like, <laughs> what is? Yeah, you know, they're they're curious, and they probably want to have a conversation based on that. Right, and so I think that's that's this is this is really good, you know, topic for these guys to listen to for sure. Good, I I, I do think we, that we should at least uh, 
nod to what what drop the rope is not because mm, I think sometimes that's a good point. Yeah. people misunderstand what we mean by drop the rope. It doesn't it doesn't mean throw the rope. <laughs> it doesn't mean don't have the conversation. It doesn't mean this is hey you don't need this do you? Um, it it does mean that we we create comfort right and receptivity yeah. to the conversation, but we want to have the conversation. So it's not about pushing. It's about staying, but creating an environment where the customer is comfortable and not just saying, okay, whatever, yeah. we tried. Yeah, I you always, don't need this, do you? Bye. Yeah, I always say it's a tool to move forward. Yeah, yeah. Like people that are aggressive love drop the rope mm-hmm. because it's a way to stay aggressive and move forward, but do it in an other-centered way that's more effective. Right. It's, it's, a, it's, it's simple things that you mentioned this a minute ago, Tom. It's We're just respecting, and more importantly, we're communicating that they have choice. They mm-hmm. do have, we're not changing yeah, the fact they that they do have choice. choice. We're just communicating <laughs> we're that. Yeah. And we respect that. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it's uh, a, a phrase I've, you know, I say a lot of times, and I mean this when I say this, is I, I've listened to what you've said, and I have something I want to share. Would you be open? I'll ask the customer, would you be open to me sharing some ideas? And 98% of the time, I said, of course I'd be open. And it puts them open. And if the 2% says, no, I'm not open. I, I, I'm getting ready to waste my breath anyway. If they're going to be exactly. willing to admit, I'm not even marginally open to what you're yeah. getting ready to say. So it, it just to takes get the all bad news the, out. It takes early. all the tension. It takes yeah. all the tension, and it's about serving them. Yeah, yeah. it really is. It really is. I agree. Yeah. Um, sorry, Tab. No, that's it. Well, it, t- Tom was uh, somehow we we hijacked your priority thought, but it is about the the customer. The person has to feel like they're the priority, and uh, you know. Back to the mindset piece, right? That's a focus on when I'm entering into a conversation. I'll go back to my to my 15 year old son, and when I'm coaching harder than I should on the basketball court, right? I have to decide is is that for me mm. because I want to see him do certain things on the court while I'm in the grandstands and yelling and screaming and you know having fun, or am I trying to help him right. get what he wants to do and get his role? And that's hard. And and our compass, we all have a compass. Compass, a magnetic compass points north. Our compass points to self. And so when I rush in at the heat of battle and start coaching, he's not the priority. I am because my compass is still pointing. Right. But when I move my compass and say, no, this is about my son and what he wants to do and helping support him if and when and how he's ready, it completely changes his willingness to talk to me and be open on his because terms. He, because he intuitively knows, and this is something that uh, if, if, if we all believe this, I think it would change the way we communicate. Your motive is ultimately transparent. I always think of it as like, like you know, those call out above people's head, those videos where they used to take like what people are thinking. Have you ever seen those situations sure. where, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, there's a call out above their head and says, yeah. this is what they're thinking. Yeah. Like if, I'm, if I'm sitting across the customer <clears throat> and, it, and they can see what I'm thinking, I would think differently maybe. Yeah. So that's the way I look at it is our motive is ultimately transparent. So if I'm my motive is to serve, they know that. And so they tell me things they wouldn't tell other people. They open up more. Mm-hmm. They they're willing to meet. They're they're willing to hear more what I have to say versus if they go you're just trying to sell me. And we all feel this. We know it. When we're in a sales we're in a customer situation, we can see this. You know, we can feel when people are trying to sell us. So I think that's the benefit. Um I think there's another benefit too, is that when we're we make the customer the priority and we think like the customer, we sometimes go, we can't help them. 
and we don't spend days, hours, and mm -hmm. weeks chasing a deal we would That's never win and hoping we're going to win. We we look at it from their perspective, and we ask questions like, "Why would you do this?" Yeah. You know, if we're going to talk to the, to Paul at FedEx, and we look at him and go, "Let's look at the program you already have." Well, that's a really good program. Yeah, right. Well, then we're out. Yeah. Yeah. We can go pursue. Every time I'm working on a deal, I'm losing a deal. So I'm right. free now because I'm making the customer the priority. I'm free to figure out who I'm going to serve and, and spend my time, um, you know, more effectively or efficiently. Yeah, yep. yeah. Good. So, so, so we just kind of covered mindset, and then, and obviously, great examples about pressure and priority, but. Is there anything else um, you know that, that that the folks can sort of gather um, from this uh, this overall topic? Just to, to solve the why is the why are reps declining and um, yeah. and hitting yeah. their quote? Yeah. Exactly. So we've talked about. I think they've got to embrace a role of being the trusted guy and have right. the knowledge and expertise to do that. We talked about the mindset, which is actually pretty easy. Yeah. It's like before every meeting, I need to talk focus on how do I reduce pressure. And how do I communicate the customer's priority? The last one takes a little bit more work, which is about messaging. I think, you know, we've been studying effective communicators for, I mean, 20-something years. I mean, not only people that are selling, but, we, you know, we have the opportunity that every client we work with is like, who are the top, who are the best? Like, we worked mm -hmm. American Airlines recently. We said, we got to meet the number one sales rep for American Airlines. And that's pretty cool. 7,000 people. And so we've done that with all of our clients. We listen to top reps. We, 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 we study the, the top communicators. And there's a framework for how they communicate, which I find interesting. Not only does it influence, but it creates instant receptivity. So another way, I, the way I look at this model or, or how we need to communicate messaging is, think of it this way. What if everything you said, people were listening to you? Or like, or you captured their attention yeah. and they, they wanted to hear. So. There's a model that we've developed that, that will that will deliver on that. And so the first step, it's got three elements. The first element is the the the, the listener or customer or decision maker, whatever you want to call it, their point of view. So that's the first element, their point of view. Second element is disruptive truth. And the third element is the uh, your proprietary benefit or solution. So what's their point of view? What's the disruptive truth that you have to offer? And what's what do you offer that no one else can offer? And when you look at where all three of those intersect, that's when you're delivering a message that people can, 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 can't can ignore. I mean, yeah. it's just it just captures their attention. It's, it's how influential people communicate yeah. Yeah. To, to the point of just listening to top people and seeing what they're doing. It gets it gets their attention. It gets yeah. them to be receptive. And it it's 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 persuasive. It's yeah. a persuasive message that yeah. gets people to do things. Yes, yeah, so if you look at the first one, the point of view, if you start everything you say, whether it's just a point on a PowerPoint slide or it's how you introduce yourself or it's it's your whole solution, uh, your whole how you recommend your entire solution. If you start every sentence with because you or you describe something that's yeah. on their whiteboard, or you communicate their problem, you will always get their interest. Because <laughs> they yeah. care about yeah. it. Yeah, and if you look at great speakers, the first thing they do is they describe their audience to their yeah. audience. Exactly. Right, and their audience always leans in. Yeah. You know, they start with the person they're talking to. And anytime you show me a picture that I'm in it, I look at it. That's right. Right, so great communicators, the first step is to say, what, what are the problems on the decision maker's whiteboard, right? What, what, are, they, what are they care about? What's, what are they struggling with? What, how, do, how can I first articulate their point of view? Then, 
what's some disruptive truth? What what can I then communicate that they're not they don't know about how to solve their problem? Right. Yeah. And I think of it like I'm a thought leader. Mm-hmm. I, I need to bring something to them that they haven't thought about before. I mean, something disruptive that grabs their attention. It can be research based, best practices, things we've learned. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like for us, you know, we're, we're constantly in our world, we're talking to clients, organizations that are trying to get their reps to change. Right. Right. We don't, They're calling us about yeah. training reps. Yeah. They need to prospect more. They need to grow accounts. They need to do whatever. So they need to change their reps. And a disruptive truth that, that I will use is if you want to train your reps, you need to focus on your managers. Right. If you want to change the way your reps sell, yeah. focus, you want, on yeah. focus on your managers because change happens one-to-one. That's a disruptive truth because yeah. they think, oh, I'll just stick them to a workshop and we'll get them all changed up. They, you know, go, go fix my reps. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah, I got a little disruptive truth for you. Yeah, so they, they start off with saying, hey, I'm, I'm hiring, you know, we're trying to hire reps. So we've got a turnover ratio, uh, you know, high turnover um, percentage with our team and we've got to change the way they're, they're finding new opportunities and so you describe their problem you say if you really want to solve that problem don't just focus on training your reps focus on it so they're like so but what's cool they about the starting what you started with is is it's all about them it's their point of view and it's a disruptive truth you're not selling anything you're communicating truth for them that will help them solve their problem so so that creates more receptivity because yeah. it's not about hey here's what we do and here's how it can help you the last thing you want to share is now what do you do uniquely better than the competition or if they want to do it internally than anyone else. And if you can find that what you do that's proprietary and stay in that, that pro, follow that process and stay in it where all of those circles are connected, then your message will definitely resonate. Well, and the proprietary things seem obvious, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm amazed at how many times reps I work with don't don't get that. They don't think about the person you're talking to is probably considering your competition. Right. And so you do the you're you're a software company, you're a right. pharmaceutical company, whatever. And you do those three things and everybody else does those three things. So that's really not going to help the customer make a decision, but we we talk about what comes to mind. And so you know, in working with clients, and, and we're, we're sharing this with you as sales reps, to stop and say, what's different about you? It doesn't yeah. have to be, I think what our C reps do is they try to say, well, what's the most important, biggest thing? It doesn't have to be the biggest, best, everything. It's uh, There's another book I'd recommend, if we're recommending books, uh, called 212 Degrees. I'm not sure if you've mm-hmm. read that. I forget the author. Uh, but it just talks about what happens. What happens to water at, what happens to water at 211 degrees? Nothing. Nothing. At 212, one degree. It does hurt if you stick your finger in it. It's, it's, really, it's really freaking tried hot, that. man. Yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. yeah. Stuff happens to you. Do you do some you. research? Yeah. If yeah. you yeah. spill your coffee at 211 on you, stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah. You leave it sit there, it's good. Yeah. At 212, it makes steam. And steam you know, allows you to create an electricity, mm. lots of things. So, so here's where we are in the decision process with customers. We're, we're talking about one degree sometimes. We're talking about the small differences between your solution and someone else's solution. Mm-hmm. And that's sometimes all it takes. So as reps, we, we try to help them say, well, what's different? You know, what's the unique program that you have or the unique approach and blend that and that needs to connect to the disruptive truth, right? So right. so I'll pick up on our, our game we're playing here about, you know, we work with organizations and their point of view is they're trying to, they got turnover problems, their quota problems, they're trying to fix their sales organizations. And Tab, you're over here, 
And you know, you're talking about, well, if you want to change reps, you really need to change your managers because change happens ones to one. And that makes people stop and say, well, well, well what do you mean? I haven't heard that. And that's interesting. And then, oh, by the way, I've thought ahead of time that says, well, we do something different around we help we help your sales leaders measure in 4D. That's, then they say, well, what does that mean? Well, it's proprietary. And we talk about results equals competency and desire and productivity and how we drive that. And so from a messaging perspective, that's the, the, the last sort of missing piece. Role, yeah. right? Role, mindset, and messaging that ultimately mm -hmm. kind of go to help to help deal yeah. with the fact that we're missing quota and we, we need to be better. So, Excellent. you know, I think uh, we have covered a boatload. Uh, yes. And, and, and I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, like, these reps, you know, everybody that's listening to us, and they're going, why is Aslan telling us all this and we're not paying for this? And, and one thing that it, it occurred to me, and I've heard all of you talk about this, is it's, it's about getting the truth into the market. This is, the, this is what's happening and this is going to help everyone improve. Um, but it's also about fulfillment because mm -hmm. we all feel much better when we're helping others and we're other-centered. And so I think it's critical that, you know, yeah, we're not selling this podcast, but right. we know that it's helping people get better and people are going to find us uh, and, and we'll help the folks that choose to work with us and that we choose to work with. So um, this has been great. We've, we've basically been covering uh, ways to sort of circumvent this issue of, of reps missing quota over the last five years. And uh, hopefully it's been helpful. Certainly uh, listen to the, the previous podcasts if you haven't heard those yet. Uh, if you're a beer manufacturer out there and you want to become part of the show, we're, we're more than willing to, <laughs> we are to listen. We are, we are receptive yeah. to we're your easy. call. We're easy. <laughs> and, uh, boys, I want to thank you for another great week. Cheers. Uh, cheers. cheers. We'll talk you. to you then on the flip side. Well, we continue to have great uh, episodes here with a lot of fun. The beer is enjoyable. The passion comes through with Tom, Tab, and Mark, and all the stories of how we change mindsets in the eyes of the reps, how they're able to make that shift to reduce the pressure that the customer might feel, make sure that they feel like a priority, and then customizing that message that we talk about where we take their point of view where we deliver some disruptive truth and end with our proprietary benefit. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. We'll see you next week for a brand new topic. Thanks and have a great day, everybody.